This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to episode 14 of What Did You Watch This Week? And here are our hosts, John and Mike. Take it away, fellas. Thanks, Kanan. That was my boy, my oldest boy. Doing our intro this week. Yes, it's Bring Your Kid to Podcast Day. Of course it is, because you're at your house, so it's easy enough just to go here and hand them the headset. Unless you're me and you don't have a kid. Right. Which right. case, it just doesn't work out that way. I miss out on all no. the good holidays. You know, bring your kids to work day and bring your kids to the sitter day and take your kids to some relative's house so that you can have a moment's peace day. <laughs> <laughs> or get get the get the sitter to come to your house. Oh, I there you go. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. So, John. Yes, Michael. What did you watch this week? Oh, man. I- this was a very good, very upbeat, positive week for me. Even the stuff, the the very few things that I didn't particularly love, I still liked. I had a very positive experience watching stuff this week. I'm excited. Fantastic. How about I yourself? myself? I myself, well, I myself didn't watch a lot this week. It's been a very busy, hectic week for me, but I did squeeze in some stuff I'm going to talk about. Excellent. Uh, but I did find a new show on YouTube. I don't. I, it's a, it's a it's a UFC original program, and I really enjoyed it. And I watched all six episodes they got put up, and I'm, I do. I'm, I am looking forward to talking about that. Okay. So, but uh, you want to start out with uh, Thrones? Yeah, let's go with a little Game of Thrones. All right. So, what did you think of this episode? Last week's episode. I felt that this episode was another kind of filler episode. Yep. You know, uh, I, I actually put in my notes that Sansa John and Sir Davros were going door to door to sell cookies because yeah. that seemed like the extent of it. And for a show that has shown us over and over and over again how long it takes to get places, they sure were making some pretty good uh, strides. Yeah, yeah, going from place to place like that. Yeah, just showing up at this guy's door, then showing up at this guy's door. and Yeah. I, um... Yeah, and just just to catch people up, we're not talking about the the June 12th episode. We're talking about the previous episode because this yes, this comes out on the 13th, but we right. record on the 12th before we watch it. So exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, the the biggest story I think that came out of this week, and maybe it's just me, um, but was uh, you know Arya and what yeah. happened with her. Yeah. And I read some stuff online. People think that Waif is Arya and some weird, like, she has to to become no one. She has to kill herself or something, blah, blah. I don't know if I'd buy that. Uh, I think that that's a really good theory, but and this is going to sound really mean. Yeah. But bear with me. I think that's a little too highbrow for George R. R. Martin's writing. 
I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, agree. the guy's done a great job of putting together a world that has, you know, different kingdoms and different people and all kinds of political intrigue. But when you really get down to it, there's nothing like there is no Doctor Who type themes in this show. No, no. there's nothing that heavy handed. So yeah. I applaud the fans for looking at that and saying, oh, maybe this is it. Great idea. Wrong. Yeah. author. I think some people just. They look into it too much, they delve into it too much, and they just they kind of get ahead of themselves. I mean, it's not – yes, the storylines are intricate as in it plays out almost like a soap opera where you have so many different storylines going on at once. You have to cut from you know segment to segment to segment. Right. And, and sometimes the ones like Hodor in his name, maybe it goes back that far. Maybe <laughs> Maybe it was happenstance. Who knows? Right. Uh, but for the most part, you know, other than the Starks and their storyline, the other storylines aren't this intricate or that like it's not lost. Well, and don't forget, she you know? is a Stark. So correct. And I know she is, but I don't I don't buy the whole wave thing. I think Me either. I think she got stabbed and I think she's going to I think Waif is either going to get in trouble. Because she didn't kill her quickly. And make right. It painless. Right. Or. You know, Arya is going to find her and kill her. Either way, we'll find out. Right. I feel like this episode we're really building up. There's going to be some big, some big battling going on. Yeah, it felt like we were looking at war. Um, yeah. Although let's not also forget that we had a the first time in a while that I can think of that Game of Thrones had a cold open. Like they didn't do the theme song at first. Oh yeah, no, that's right. I was taken back by that. I was a little confused. Yeah, they showed yeah. us a nice little village i guess i mean yeah. i didn't see any houses it looked like they were building maybe a church yeah that was to me it was weird because we didn't know who these these vagabonds were at all right they were just transients and you know of course there's the hound right yeah that was the whole setup yeah. was to show us that the hound was with this group and then yeah. very quickly explained out when i found you you were yep. half dead Yep. Your body now, is rotting and blah, blah. And... So you saw Ian McShane. Yes. And I was like, sweet, I like him. He's great <laughs> on Deadwood. He's been great in some other stuff. And we don't even know what his – unless I'm, I missed it, we don't even know learn what his name is. No, did we? they never mentioned it. Yeah. And then they just killed him. I was surprised that they used him as such a throwaway character. Yeah. Yeah. Such an actor like that to yeah. have one episode. Yeah, and we don't even know who these people are or right. what they're about, they which is the other kind of – They seem to me to be like gypsies. you know. As he said, right. they, they didn't serve any one specific god or group of gods. They just were trying to escape their pasts or something. Yeah. The only thing I know for sure is come this next episode that's on tonight or last night, that is – there will be many, many less Brotherhood Without Banner men <laughs> once the Hound catches up to them. Yes. Yes, I <laughs> look forward to that. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, we're going to have a big battle yeah. uh, with Jamie. We kind of set that over up. Over at River Run, yeah. I still say that his right-hand man there, no pun intended. Well, yeah, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, his right-hand man is one of the better characters. I love yes. that he was together with Peter Dinklage. They had yes. such great back and forth. But it's um, I thoroughly enjoyed it myself. Even when we finally came back on the screen, you know, my wife was just like, oh, he's back. Great. Yeah. 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 He, uh, but it was really fun watching the two of them. And he's like, you know, teach him to dig a trench. What are you talking about? You said I was going to get a castle and a lady. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you will. Teach him to dig a trench. Dig a trench. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, 
again, we didn't even see any bit of fighting. We saw the setup for the siege. Well, and then we saw that Marjorie is not really brainwashed either. Kind of. I mean, she slipped a picture of their family crest, the little rose, to her grandmother. Yeah. But then her grandmother's still leaving. I don't know if that means, hey, bring the army, storm the castle, take me back. That's probably what it means. It probably Uh, means, yeah, go get men. We're going to need them. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping it means. Because I, I'm pretty sure she only convinced Tommen and, and everything else to avoid having to walk through the straight naked. Right. And to try and, um, you know, put the high sparrow at, at ease. Because I believe, again, I think we saw in this episode that's, that, that's going to be on from the from the next time on Game of Thrones, I'm pretty sure the mountain was killing a bunch of the high sparrow's followers. That's what it looked like, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so I was looking forward to that. Um. But yeah, definitely a big setup episode. Yeah, I mean, even to the point where we saw Reek and his sister, and they had maybe five minutes of screen time, and all it was was for her to make him drink ale to prove that he was still a man and how they were going to take revenge, and to show that they were whoring it up at apparently like a pirate place. Yeah. And they have a plan to go meet Daenerys and ally with her. Like, what are they going to say? Hey, there's two of us. You want to you want a boat? Pay no <laughs> we attention. Of, we got a bunch of fast boats. Yeah, pay no attention to our uncle who's making you even more fast boats. Just just hang yeah. out with us. We're better. But I don't. She doesn't know about the uncle yet. So right, they're just trying to get there first. Right. But we saw. I don't. Unless I missed it, we saw nothing on Bran on this episode at all. Nope. And nothing I think, on Daenerys. I think this episode was just build, build, build. Let's give the Hound his story of, okay, he's alive. This is what he's been up to. Right. Oh, he's given up fighting. Oh, wait, now he automatically has a reason to fight. Oh, he's going to go F, F crap up. <laughs> I don't think that man ever was lacking for a reason for fighting. I think that no. he kept himself in check. With I think people. he just chose, yeah. yeah. I think he just chose. I still liked it. It was like, uh, was it uh, Ian McShane's character said, he's like, I like to see the size of the man that cut you down. <laughs> he's like... It was a woman. woman. <laughs> and he's like, well, of course it was, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so when he I, grabbed the axe and started storming off, it's like, oh, yeah. bodies are going to be flying. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. It so I'm actually I'm really looking forward to the episode coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, not to sound like I'm, I'm morbid or, or sociopathic, but I'm, I'm looking forward to a bunch of killing going on and some fighting. I don't know where anybody would get morbid or sociopathic from that. I just do. I can't wait for all kinds of killing and fighting to happen. <laughs> killing and the fighting, killing and the fighting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, did you end up watching Preacher? I did not. You I did just not. didn't, I didn't catch time to do that. Um, yeah, I was, I tried, but I just busy week. Yep, that's fine. The uh, The second episode continued the trend of being wild, out of control, and, like, there were some slow parts, but, again, it seems to be the type of thing where they don't want to explain things to you, and yet it's okay. Like, yep. we actually got a scene, I saw in the beginning it said, you know, special guest star Jackie Earl Haley. I'm like, oh, yay! Love that guy and anything that he's in. So, he was he he's sitting in a living room with this old man and old woman who are sitting on like a love seat, an old fashioned love seat. And he's sitting there with this army of goons behind him that are all wearing like blue jumpsuits. And it okay. says something like it's a meat packing plant or something, you know, their, yeah. their jumpsuits. 
And he's telling them, you know, basically that they're getting the best deal that they're going to get. And he's explaining, like, how many acres are going to be devoted to this and how this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then he hands over a clipboard and they sign. Everybody gets up and walks out of the room. Two of the guys stay behind, pick up the love seat and start walking it off stage. And then as soon as it's gone from the stage, a bulldozer just plows right through the living room that they were all sitting in. And that's it. That's all we get of Jackie Earl Haley's character. And yet I want to know more. I want to know more, but I'm not upset that they didn't give me more. It's it's hard to explain what a great show it is without actually seeing it. But uh, Denise Crosby was in this episode. She actually runs a whorehouse uh, in Texas. So we got to see her talking to a few of the clients there. That was kind of fun. Cool, cool. Yep. Um, I mean, I I do want to watch the show. I definitely plan on watching it. I just, um, yeah. And there was a kick-ass fight scene inside of a church that involved a chainsaw and a severed arm holding a chainsaw. I don't know. I mean, that does sound pretty awesome. (laughs) But uh, the the church scene from um, The Kingsman... That yes. was that was pretty intense. That was spectacular. This is only <laughs> this is only three people fighting. Oh, okay. Um, but it's a riot. It's hilarious. All and right. It's so much fun. This show is just doing everything right as far as I can. Um, they've got a character on there that I lovingly dubbed Assface because it looks like his mouth is all puckered into his face, like stretch marks and everything. He's got no nose. Just it looks oh, like his gosh. face is being sucked inside <laughs> his head. And they actually yep. explained it in this episode that uh, 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 the vampire, I can't even remember his name, Cassidy. Cassidy looks at him and he goes, Jesus, what happened to him? He's like, he tried to kill himself. Cassidy pauses for a second. He's like, he should have tried harder. <laughs> That's funny. It's it's great. It's just such a great show. I can't get over it. So real quick, you said you like Jack Earl Haley and everything he's in. So uh, I'm going to sure. ask you the, the big question. Nightmare on Elm Street, where he played Kruger. I liked it. I did not consider it a replacement for Robert England. Yeah. But I liked what they tried to do with it. Um, I really liked that movie as well. And there's a lot of people out there on the internet that hated that movie and yeah. rip into it all the time. And I don't know. I thought Jack Earl Haley was a great Freddy Krueger. I thought he was a wonderful Freddy Krueger. I thought the storyline was really good. I thought the, his origin. I don't know. I just I thought they gave it a really good treatment. And I, uh, you know, I'm, yeah, I really liked it. I did too. Uh, you know, the classic horror villains like i heard recently speaking of which i heard recently that they're going to be rebooting friday the 13th and that the (sighs) first movie his mother is not going to be the villain like in the original series it'll be all jason and he's going to have a different origin story see now i've heard i've heard so many about friday so much about friday the 13th coming along first off it was the new one's going to take place in the winter so it's going to be in the winter for the first time why I don't know, but it's but it was going to take place uh, continuity wise, I think between three and four, or something like that. Like it was going to take place in the eighties, and it was going to be like between episodes between uh, parts three and four, I believe it was, you know. And then I heard, and then of course there's all the talk of Friday the Thirteenth the series, and it's not going to be the cursed goods like the original series. It's going to be Jason Voorhees and Camp Crystal Lake, and it's going to be about this town that they all know about Jason. And but they don't talk about it type of thing, 
and it's going to take place like in the seventies or eighties or something like that. And then now I've heard again, like what you just said, where now they're instead, they're just going to reboot the franchise starting over with an origin story. And, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Right. I don't either. That was the most recent that I'd heard. But along those lines, like I was saying, you know, I respected the fact that they kept Freddy Krueger's origin story the same in the movie. They actually yes. they delved yes. into it a little bit deeper, but they kept it the same, which right. I appreciated. Like the first uh, Rob Zombie's first Halloween flick. Yep. They kept Michael Myers' origin pretty much, you know, the same. Yeah. He kills his sister Halloween night when he's 10, goes to an asylum and grows up, gets out, and goes back to kill his sister yep. again, his baby sister. But they he delved so deep into the psychological side of everything going on. Right. Um, I thought it was great. I, you know, again, I hated his sequel more than I've hated almost any movie on the planet. But Cabin I really – Okay, Cabin Fever 2 is better than Cabin Fever. So, <laughs> Well, you said worse than any movie that you've hated on the planet. So That's true. Almost, yeah. yeah, almost as worse. <clears throat> yep. But anyway, um, so yeah, I really enjoyed the treatment that they did for The Nightmare on Elm Street and for the Rob Zombie did for that first Halloween movies. And the most recent Friday the 13th that they did where it was just a standalone flick that had Jared Padalecki in it. Yeah, that was not I, bad. I enjoyed that story. We didn't get an origin story on Jason. He was just there. Yep. He was just killing. Just there killing people. Killing and so, a stabbing. Yep. Killing so and a I actually, but still, part six is my favorite of that franchise. Eh, I have to go with part four, I think. Fair enough. <laughs> so anyway. As long as we can agree that part five was terrible because yes. it didn't actually feature Jason. That's right. It featured as a guy dressed as Jason. So you'd like the Feldman episode. Part four had Corey Feldman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Which was supposed to be the final one, you know? Yes, that was supposed to be the final one. Yeah. So <clears throat> anyhow. Yes. Back on track. Back right. on track to our, our track list award winning podcast <laughs> that hasn't won an award yet. Yes. Excellent. What so, do you uh what do you I finished I finished up Broad City. Okay. And this is what I've decided. I really like the show. Okay. <laughs> it's quirky. It's different. And I, I just, I enjoy kind of having it on the background. I do like the characters yep. of Abby and Alana. I find Alana to be annoying at times, but it's kind of, she grew on me. I really like Abby more than Alana. Uh, I can't give it a hard sell because I just, I don't love the show, but I just really enjoy it. It's just a fun little show. It's 22 minutes. It's quirky. It's, really odd and uh, inappropriate at times. Um, but some of the stuff they do on there is just, you know, kind of like, I uh, cannot believe this made the air. Somehow. <laughs> and to be honest, I think that with a, uh, with a 22 minute, you know, a half an hour show, I don't think that you really need a hard sell on that. Like I'll watch a half hour show any time of the day. Yeah. You know, I'll be like, oh, I'm unwinding from work, or I got a little time yep. to kill. I'll throw on a half an hour show anytime. It's the one hour ones that have like several seasons behind them. That's yes. the harder sell, I think. Yeah. Because it's weird. Sometimes you're sitting there and you're sitting down and you're just like, oh, I don't really have a show to watch. Or I don't really want to watch a movie because I don't want to dedicate, you know, an hour and a half plus to something. Not to mention taking notes for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, but if you have a quick show you can just throw on. Yep. It's always nice. And then sometimes it's like, yeah, but I don't want to watch 
Scrubs or How I Met Your Mother again because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to want to watch certain episodes yep. or I'm going to get sucked into it. I'm not going to get anything done at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I look forward to when the fourth season comes back. Um, it was a fun show. All yeah. three seasons are on Hulu. Yeah, it's I worth it as well. It's was, worth your time. I was yeah. surprised when you said that you weren't enjoying it. I was like, really? Some of that humor seems like the kind of stuff that we've always appreciated. So I'm glad to hear that you now like it more. I think in the first season, some of the earlier episodes, they were so heavy pot centric. Right. And I'm not saying I'm sort of sort of, some sort of pro who's against it or whatever. Oh, you're very anti pot, sir. Okay, I am, but I just like I don't wave a flag about it. But I just I didn't find it. Like, all right, when Kevin Smith is doing his podcast and he's smoking pot the whole time, I don't like listening to him because it just annoys the crap out of me. Right. Because he just acts stupid and I can't stand the constant sound of his lighter flicking and him going, so I don't even listen to him. Um, So I guess I'm anti-marijuana, I guess. Yes, you are. Wave that flag proudly, sir. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, exciting news real quick. I know. Everyone out there is going to be very excited about this. My wife was elated to find out that CMT has picked up Nashville for a fifth season. God, I saw that announcement, and that was the first thing I thought, well, Kate's going to be happy. Yeah, 22 episodes more. Really? They gave them, like, a super full? Yes, I couldn't believe it. I figured 13, 12, 13. No, they gave them 22 episodes. I would have said 13 if they were lucky. They'd probably give them six. Wow, that's insane. Yep, they ordered 22 episodes of that. I was pretty surprised, actually. As would be most sane viewers, I would think. Yeah. That's, wow, 22 episodes. Crazy. Yeah. There are shows is- that I love that don't get 22 episodes. I know, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Longmire came back on uh, Netflix, when Netflix picked it up, we only got, I think we only got 10, 12 out of that one. I think Game of Thrones only gets like 10. Game of Thrones only has like, and and those episodes go by so fast. Yeah, Walking Dead, like the split up gets like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, exactly. But no, Nashville Nashville got a twenty-two twenty-two episode order. I was, yeah. The world is unfair. Uh, Speaking of returning shows, I guess Orange is the New Black comes back June seventeenth, season four. Oh yeah, yeah. I watch. It's a show I watch. Yep, with my wife. And uh, trailer show the trailer I watched for it on Netflix shows it to be a lot more intense drama than quirky comedy with some drama. You know, the first season was a lot more intense. It was more mean and like there were threats to lives and such. And yeah, I felt like yeah. ever since then it got more kooky. Yeah, it got more and more lighthearted. But this season seems to really go dark again. Hmm. And definitely, like, I know that when the first show first started, the, the Piper character was the main focus character. But over the years, it certainly has spread out to all these other characters on the show. Because I believe the first season was mostly based on the recollection of a yes. woman who really was in prison. Yeah, well, it was her, the main character. <laughs> yeah. Her book, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but um, beyond that, they've kind of been doing what Game of Thrones is doing now and going off yes. the source material. Yeah, because... Um, Piper was barely in the trailer, you know. She didn't obviously. have that much of a role in this last season. No, she didn't. It seems like uh, they've definitely been spreading the spreading the, the roles around. Not role, but the uh, TV time around. Yeah. I can see that. So, uh, person of interest, they oh finally did the episode God. I kept expecting them to do over these last 
the president's number came up. Yes. And can we just take a pause for a second here so that I can say what a great episode. <laughs> I know you and I keep raving about how great the episodes are this season and what a great show it is. But, man, this episode, yeah. this just blew me away. Oh, my God. I know, with only two episodes left now after this one, this past one. So I know! It drives me nuts. I'm like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? I know, this season has been so good. This has been the best season of this show uh, to date. And it's really been, like, one of the best seasons of television I've seen in a long time of any show. Agreed. Especially after this episode. I oh, it was get amazing. Over. It was amazing. Like, they really went with uh, Harold and his yeah. grief over Root. Yep. They went a direction with that I just didn't see coming. Right. Because that his character has just been so straight laced, followed by the rules. His own rules, I realize, but followed by the rules all this time. And now he's just like, it's out the door. It, and it's not just that it's out the door because we've seen enough movies and TV shows, everybody has, that they could accept that. They could be like, oh, he's been pushed over the edge. Yeah. But, but he no, continually is, yeah. um, talks about it. Like he explains it. Yeah. You know, this one, he used the story of uh, Midgley, the guy who created Freon. He basically sat there and talked yeah. about how, you know, un until the 30s, refrigeration units had combustible chemicals so they could explode very easily. Yeah. And then this guy Midgley comes along and invents Freon. And everybody's like, yay, and, and they're all excited. And it wouldn't be until like 50 or 60 years later that they realized that it was punching a hole in the atmosphere, doing irreparable damage. And he uses that as an argument as to why he has been so careful and so guarded with the machine. Yeah, I mean, he really been looking forward to the future, if you will. Yep. With everything, but legit at this point, he's just like, whatever, gloves yeah. are off. <laughs> you know, so it was a great episode. Like you said, the the president's number came up, which, as John pointed out, their machine only gets numbers that are irrelevant. And yes, to be honest, nobody from the Samaritan side of things ever came to help the president. Right. Which means so that Samaritan this, felt he was irrelevant. Yeah. So either Samaritan got the number and thought it was that it was irrelevant or got the number and decided not to take action. Right. Probably the president was in Samaritan's way. Right. So. And we kept getting, and it really, I don't get surprised easily, but this surprised me. We kept getting all these, um, like, cameos almost from past numbers, like from seasons one and two. Uh, people that they had helped out that were irrelevant numbers at the time, and the yep. team helped out, rescued, saved their lives, and then moved on. And then we find out, come to find out, that they are their own team. The machine recruited them as operatives down in the D.C. area, yep. and they basically do what Harold and John and Samin and, and all the others do up in Manhattan. Right. That was phenomenal. Yeah, that was cool. Such that, a that was cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because you found out the reach of what other people are doing as well, that there's more than just them. I mean, yeah. Because I, I often question that. Like, basically every episode of the series took place in Manhattan. Yes. And it was like, if this machine's supposed to be watching the world, you know, why is it only? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've yeah. been questioning that from day one. We've had discussions about that. And now yeah, we, we have. Out and then we, yeah. <laughs> yep. We see exactly how it's been going. So. Yeah, these guys actually got John's number, and that's why they kept showing up. Yep. Like they just would show up at just the right moment to save him, like our team has always done in the past. Remember that episode? Remember the kid that got saved by them like two or three times, 
And then there was that episode where he's like, wait a second. So you're saying you're going to kill me right now. <laughs> yes. Do your best. You know, all of a sudden John kicks the door and, you know, we got to stop meeting this way. You know what I mean? Like it was, yes, it was good. <laughs> Yeah, I was expecting him to show up as well, but yeah, he kind of been, something. <laughs> that would have been kind of cool if they would have brought him back for you know a little bit this season for some reason. I, at this point now, they can't obviously, right? Because yeah, but you know that I just I remember that character and I was just like, ah, that was a good one. <laughs> um, and then we find out that Finch was driving to the Air Force base that was in Texas. We yes. don't know how those guys ended up on the floor and unconscious, but Finch has access to a computer. Um, yep. The machine is talking to him right in his head, and he has appropriated a virus that will hopefully destroy Samaritan, but also will cause irreparable damage to the machine. Yeah. So, and the machine seems to be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. And Finch like, seems to be okay with it. Yep. I get the sense that they're going to end the series on that, like wiping everything Samaritan and the machine down. And yeah. Maybe starting from scratch, maybe not. You know, maybe Harold will be like, well, I've killed the machine 40 times. Now this is 41. Maybe 42 will be lucky. You know, honestly, I got the same feeling the way they showed us earlier and how he's erased the machine so many times that he's going to, like, you know, the show will end with him rebooting the computer and the machine coming back online. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's how they're going to end it. Because I don't... I don't see John. I don't see John getting killed or nope. Sabine getting killed or anything. But I, I just see that they're just end of the series with them still doing, you know, their jobs, if you will. Right. Yep. Remember back in the day when TV shows like a, a, season, a season would end or a series would end, and a couple years later, a few years later, you might get like a TV movie of the week of that show. Oh, yep. With those characters. I wish they still did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, this is something I could see down the line if they did, like, a, you know, a TV movie with them right. again. You know, that'd or be even kinda... as, as what I was calling the irrelevant team, you know? Yeah. Call them the irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, I wonder if they could make that like a little bit of, a bit of a backdoor pilot with that team down there in D.C. I don't know if they could. I was thinking about that. At first, I was like, oh, my God, that would be so great. And then I thought, well... Maybe not, because the reason that this show has worked so well is because we have Finch, who is intimately tied to the machine. Yeah, that's true. And if that's it was true. those guys, it would be more like a Charlie's Angels kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It could be fun, but there wouldn't be that connection to the machine and what it's doing. Right. No, that's true. That is true. Uh, so, are you good with person of interest? Yes, I'm good with person of interest. God, I love cool, this show. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal show. So I watched this thing on YouTube. I found it by accident on YouTube, but I watched this show on YouTube. It's called um, Dana White Looking for a Fight. Okay. And essentially what it is, Dana White is the president of UFC. And it's a UFC original series, and production-wise, it is top-notch, A1, top-of-the-line, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Each episode is about 25 minutes long. It stars UFC president Dana White. Uh, his one of his best friends, uh, they call him Nick the Tooth because he's missing a front tooth. Okay. Who's kind of like a weird, adventurous guy who's also a black belt in jujitsu and everything. And then uh, former UFC welterweight champion of the world and current MMA instructor who has his own school, Matt Sarah, who's just basically an all-around nice guy. And the three of them travel around the country, going to different places like the Alaska, Minnesota, Texas, Florida, and they fly in. 
They show us some of the local food that they like a lot. They put themselves in a fish out of a water type scenario and like either bull riding, maybe they're getting tasered, <laughs> um, wakeboarding in Alaska, doing a polar dip somewhere, singing a death metal song at some live venue in Minnesota, whatever it is. And then they finish off each episode by they go to a, a local, like almost independent show fight, like with, if you want to compare it to wrestling. And they just, you know, they're there to uh, scout fighters for the UFC, whatever. And it's actually a really, like, fun, enjoyable show. Interesting. The guys have, yeah, I mean, they have, like, really great chemistry together, and they're funny. And Matt, Sarah, and Nick the Tooth just just pick at each other constantly, but in that good-natured, buddy-buddy way, you know what I mean? And they play little pranks on each other, and some of the food places they go, the food looks amazing, and some of the fish-out-of-the-water scenarios they put themselves in are ridiculous or hilarious. And then, you know, if you like fighting, the fights are good, too. So, I mean, it's actually – I was surprised how fun of a little show it was and that it's not on TV somewhere, and that's just – UFC does it for their Fight Pass online thing, which is similar to WWE Network. And um, and then they put, you know, these six episodes on YouTube – so and then and they're all aired, quote unquote, aired this year. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's cool. definitely worth checking out. That's cool. Yeah, it's I, just uh, really fun. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. I'm not that into UFC. I'm probably the only guy on the planet that isn't. <laughs> but just nothing I've ever really watched. Uh, right. But yeah, I. I that that would be kind of an interesting thing. I saw something similar recently uh, that they're coming out with this fall, and it's a fish out of water kind of thing. It's uh, Henry Winkler and William Shatner and a few other older <laughs> celeb men, okay, who go to places that are on their bucket list like China, Thailand, and eat the cuisine and see the sights and and see how they can fit in out there. See if people recognize them. Sounded that's, interesting. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing uh, the Fawns and the Shat together. <laughs> oh, real quick. Speaking of Shatner, I saw a T-shirt earlier this week, and essentially it's Mount Rushmore, but instead of the presidents, it's William Shatner, um, Adama, Malcolm Reynolds, and Han Solo. <laughs> and it's got all their ships kind of off onto the side, kind of like in 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 – Silhouette, silhouette or whatever, yep. kind of like they're flying, and it says like um, Galactic Awesome Galactic or uh, Galactic Awesome or something like that. I can't remember now. Just Google it on T Fury. Okay. And uh, it was, it's an awesome looking shirt, and it's like I am very tempted to get that shirt. So uh, we nice. brought about Shatner, it made me think of that. So awesome. That looks like an interesting show. Yeah. So I did what uh, Martin recommended. Okay. And I watched the first two episodes of The Path again. Excellent. And you still didn't like it. <sighs> I will say episode <laughs> two was much better than episode one. Okay. After watching episode one again, I still was like, this is garbage. I'm four episodes in, so you're not going to spoil anything for me. Yeah, I didn't think I would be. And then I watched episode two, and I was like, all right, well, it's getting a little better. And I think what it comes down to is this. I'm not a fan of the whole cult aspect of the show because I'm not a fan of sheep. Right. I'm not a fan of people that can't think – that lack the inability to think for themselves. 
or they're just so the blind devotion where they just don't. And it's so, I just, it's just so over the top. I just, I don't know. Like the kid, their son, you know, who came home from being at the girl's house and then heard his parents having sex and then decided to go throw up in the toilet. I don't think he decided to throw up in the toilet. I think that that was a reaction that he had. Right, right, right. I'm sure it was a guttural reaction or whatever, but like, I don't know. I'm still not sold on it. I'm going to watch episode three. I'm going to see if it gets better, but maybe it's because of what I do for work and what I listen to all the time. It's just watching a show where you're dealing with all the manipulation Mm -hmm. and all the people that are just like the blind devotion or the, like I say, the inability to think for themselves, even when the, the most obvious thing is right in front of them. And then, you know, the, um, it all has to go like to that. It's almost like when you're watching a show and someone's getting locked in an insane asylum and they go, I'm not crazy. And they're not. But they're like, well, of course they're going to say they're not crazy. That's what crazy people say. So they drug them up and just lock them up anyways. Right. Like, that infuriates me as well. Like, I don't have any interest in watching something like that. Um, and it's almost like I feel that's the same thing we're getting there with, with, with the, the lead character. With, with Was it Aaron Paul? Where he takes that fourteen day, yes, thing. The fourteen and I'm, days. The fourteen days, and I'm watching that, and I'm just like, this is so friggin' stupid. Like, no one. Why would anyone subject themselves to that? Like, that is just ridiculous, you know. And then, I don't know. I just thought it was dumb. I just, I just didn't. Yeah. See, I'm particularly fascinated by the cult mentality whereas you know basically the opposite of you it's not that they disgust me it's that they fascinate me right um how easy it is for people to fall into this way but the thing is i think that just looking at cult religious activity in this respect is a little too narrow like i'm gonna say something here that'll sound controversial to you but some of their mentality, some of their behaviors, some of their um, inability to see beyond their own faces, you know, beyond their own rhetoric, that's mimicked in things such as the political parties right now. Um, oh, yeah. You could even see that kind of mentality in something like professional wrestling. You and I have been to enough independent professional wrestling shows, and you've seen some of the people that are there. Oh, yeah. That exhibit that same kind of behavior. Absolutely. Like, they 100% believe that that heel is really a bad person. Yes. Even though it's just an act. But these people are convinced, you know? I'm nodding my head. You cannot see me, but I'm nodding my head. Yes. No. I know there is. uh, I'm following a video game story right now online about the development of this Kickstarter game that's been in development for six years. It's built people out of $115 million. And they all still defend it vehemently. Anybody who talks bad about it, they all jump in and and slam them, threaten to dox them, threaten to kill them. It's amazing that, you know, a a cult mentality doesn't just need religion. It just needs somebody who's absolutely stuck on something. They're absolutely 100% like focused on this one thing. And it means belonging. You know, a lot of these people who end up in cults or in groups, they want to know that they belong. It's like yep. you meet somebody who's wearing, you know, an IWE T-shirt. You're immediately going to be like, I know that I can talk to this person about a few things. Oh, no, I'm not. 
no, no. Let's get that one thing straight away. Like I'm okay. Like okay. But you, for example, I, I know you put those other. I understand you are on a higher wrestling level than I'm a. I'm a wrestling snob. Okay. Yes. I, I'm like in a wrestling. I'm a wrestling elitist. Right. Because like someone will say to me like, oh well, uh, I love wrestling. You know, I, I watch wrestling all the time. I know so much about it. And I'm like, okay, who's your favorite wrestler? And they're gonna say it's someone from the WWE, guaranteed. And when they do, and they're just like, oh, you know, I love John Cena. Or I think, you know, uh, AJ Styles is great. Yeah, I thought AJ Styles was great. I mean, his match with Samoa Joe and, and Christopher Daniels was just unbelievable. Oh, when did that happen? Is Christopher Daniels not in the WWE? No, because it happened in 2007 in TNA. Oh, AJ Styles was wrestling then? Of course he was wrestling then. He was right. He's been wrestling for, you know, 17 years. But you just now know about him because he showed up in the WWE. Like, I can't talk to people like that. Gotcha. Like, if I see someone with a wrestling t-shirt on, I actually do the opposite. I I, I don't bring up the <laughs> fact that I like wrestling. I don't talk about wrestling with them because I'll just – I'll get in, I'll get infuriated. Right. And you also understand that the heel is an actor doing a role. Yes. Yes. I understand that. And I appreciate what they're doing. Yep. And, you know uh, – I'm entertained by it, and right. I think it's great. And I think it's great when they get all these other people to boo them and hate them. And just recently, down in Georgia, some lady, some fan pulled a gun on a wrestler at an <laughs> independent show. Like, legit. Like, he told her to shut up, you toothless hag, or something like that. And this guy, pulled, this lady pulled a gun on him. Awesome. You know what I mean? And she got arrested and everything. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's still real to her, you know? Right. And, and like, for me, like, I just, I can't talk to people about wrestling or Fairweather fans or they're like, they just watch WWE. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have these independent wrestling fans and all they watch is independent wrestling. WWE's garbage. Right. And I'm just like, no, that's not the case at all. Like, I like wrestling. I like all aspects of wrestling. I like everything about it. Like you with video games, you yep. know, same thing kind of with you. Like, I mean, you love video games and you know, it's kind of, you're kind of on that same level there with 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 people. Like you own every game system. On, on the video game side of it, it would be the PC Master Race versus the PS4 versus the Xbox One. Exactly. Right. Yes. yes. And there can't be parity, and you can't all live together. And right. And as opposed to you, where you're just like, I own all these game systems. I play all of them. Right. And getting back to the original point, it's the same kind of thing where yes. you can see people cultishly. Defend one, two, or, you know, their yeah. favorite system, their favorite game. You know, this is garbage. I can't believe you like that game. Oh, why can't we just all like it? It's uh, it's an interesting system. It's an interesting world. And I just feel like, like with The Path, it's a good drama that happens to be based around people who are mindlessly in love with their religion. Sorry, see their now, movement. See, now, with this conversation we're having, as much as I, I hate those wrestling fans I was just speaking about, at the same time, they, they make me laugh in that way of like, can you believe this fucking idiot? You know what I mean? Right. Same thing with you in, in the gaming world. Yeah. And, everything. and so like that, I can get behind like that. When you talk about that being a cultish attitude or whatever, like, yeah, okay, I totally get that. However, maybe it's the religious aspect of all that's tied into it as well. I don't know. 
I don't know. I so just something to go it. deeper with you, because like I said, you know, you can even see it in the political system. Yeah. You know, I know this isn't a psychology show. We probably shouldn't spend too much time talking about this, but <laughs> but yeah, it's uh the cult mentality exudes everywhere. I do know that I'm I watch I'm gonna watch the next episode. Yep. And I'll just see where I go from there. And it may end up being one of those shows where all right, I got nothing going on. I'm gonna put this on while I'm you know surfing the net or working on a blog or something. You'll see right in the very beginning of episode three, it says special guest star Kathleen Turner. Okay. If that does anything for you. No. <laughs> I didn't think that it would. Just thought I'd bring it up. Nope. It doesn't really do a whole lot. So, but I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll try to stick with it and see where it goes from there, but. Good. I think you'll enjoy it eventually. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully, right? Yep. It's just like it didn't like when I finally got around to watching Firefly. Right. I loved it instantly. You know what I mean? When I right. finally got around to watching, uh, um, I can't even think of a good example right now. But still, <laughs> you know, there's certain shows when like I finally get around, I'm like, oh, I love this show. It's great. Yep. Um, but yeah, going with this one, I don't know. Limitless. Second time, still not the charm. Limitless. Yes. When I finally got around to watching Limitless, I always loved it and couldn't get enough of it and just devoured the whole series. You know. All right, moving on. Moving on to something of lighter fare. Yes. Well, what do you, what do you got? I, I don't know about lighter fare, but uh, I actually – it's two episodes in now, so i got to cover two episodes. But uh, there's a show that just came on on Cinemax, and it's called Outcast. And it's by Robert Kirkman of Walking Dead fame. And yeah. this show is creepy as all get out. Yeah, I have, I've heard a lot of positive about the show, unfortunately – I don't get Cinemax. Not sure I'm going to watch that one yet. I'm sure you could come up with a way to see that show. Yeah, I'm sure I can um, figure something out. But still, go ahead. It's a, talk it's about a it. very interesting show. It only takes place in like a couple of rooms. You know, there's like the church. You know, we see the outside, we see the grocery store, but for the most part, it's in this one guy's house, and he flashes back an awful lot to his childhood. The basic synopsis is that that you have to pick up from the flashbacks and from the people talking is that this guy, when he was a kid, his mom would beat him and lock him in the closet. And she was very violent and very aggressive. Well, it was because she was possessed. And, and for some reason, this kid, uh, seems to be a demon magnet, but also he can fight them. Like, he found that when he beat his mom up, it hurt her. Uh, she had like superhuman strength and was, you know, didn't, she was walking on glass and had no problem. But his punches seemed to affect her. Uh, sunlight affected her. And he uh, he's trying to figure out what happened because then you find out that his wife later on in life, his wife was yeah. also possessed at one point and tried to kill his daughter. He stopped her, but they don't remember that. All everybody remembers is that this guy tried to kill his daughter. Because when his wife regained consciousness, he was over her unconscious body. Uh. So the town hates him. You know, he had a troubled youth, and now he's a troubled adult and tried to kill his kid. And, you know, the wife and kid have moved away. They won't be near him. Well, that's why he's an outcast. Yes. But now there's a small boy in town who has become possessed. And the local preacher knows about this, and he goes to try to do an exorcism, and he's unsuccessful. So he brings in the outcast, and it just gets better from there. So you like it, then? I really do. It's dark. Oh, cool. 
I like a, I like the sounds of it. Yeah, it's a slow pace. I will say that. But like the nice thing with the, I guess because it's unique, the exorcism in the first one, the little boy, we saw him possessed over days. Like, this wasn't like, oh, he's possessed, let's go fix him tonight. Like, his mother was trying to keep him confined, and, you know, he'll be fine. And then the preacher shows up, like, two or three days later and tries to fix him up. And, nope, that didn't work. So a couple more days go by where he tries to convince the outcast to go with him. And Yep. Yeah, huh. so. Cool. But, but they got all kinds of stuff. Like, the kid bites his fingers off at one point. Oh, gross. His, his own, own fingers? fingers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Self-cannibalism. Very dark, very twisted, uh, slow yeah. pace, but really worth it. I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like the sounds of that. Yeah. I, I saw a number of new shows this week that really got what me else did, What else? What else did you watch, sir? Uh, well, it wasn't really new, but the second season of Angie Tribeca came back this week and uh, hit the ground running. Uh, I don't know if I had talked to you about this show before, but it's a lot of fun. It's a half-an-hour show on TBS. It's uh, basically... The Naked Gun for a Modern Age. Okay. Uh, really fun. Like, uh, the first person, the first corpse that they had show up was uh, John Doe. That was his name. But his wife corrected them and said, no, it's Doge. The G-H is pronounced hard. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the second corpse that they investigated was um, a sushi chef named Kobayashi Maru, who okay. was found in an impossible place. Uh, but it's just, it's funny. Like the captain will kick them out of his office. He's like, I need the office. They leave the office and they'll be like, Giles, Tribeca, get in here now. So they have to turn around and go right back in. Yes. Her partner's name is Jay Giles. As in the Jay Giles band. Yeah, sorry. I was yawning. That's okay. So, um, no, that's cool. I really enjoy it. And again, it's a half an hour show. If you want a good laugh for ridiculousness, the whole first season is up on Hulu now. 10 episodes. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Probably. It's a lot of fun. So I think I've been seeing that come up on the, uh, like the ad bar at the top when I load up Hulu saying like, Hey, watch this. Yeah. I, I think you'd enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Um, and today I watched the first episode, which was actually like all the episodes are out right now on Netflix. All the episodes are 23 minutes, but this one was a, uh, one hour and eight minutes for the first episode. So it was basically three of them crammed in together. Yeah. Voltron Legendary Defender. Oh, I've heard a lot of good about that. I love this show. Really? I, okay, so I was a big fan of Voltron as a kid. Oh, me too. Not not the uh, the, not the, the lions. Yes, the, the lions. lions. Not the cops. Yes, thank you. Right. So the first thing that I will say uh, is that this is more of an anime twist than the original one. Yeah. Uh, the original one had, if you look back at it, it had some anime type styling. This one definitely has even like some jokes and stuff that are more anime ish. Right. But it doesn't detract at all. Cool. Um, the Keith is not the leader of the group. Okay. Um, Keith is piloting the Red Lion. Okay. Uh, Keith is voiced by Stephen Yun. Uh, okay. Glenn from The Walking Dead. Yes, yes. And Hunk is uh, voiced by Tyler Labine, which. Nice. Tyler Labine is always awesome. So, yes, he is. Uh, the main characters are there, except for now they've got a guy named Shiro who was mysteriously kidnapped by aliens in the beginning and now is back and doesn't remember a lot of what happened. Uh, the show is great. The lions have never looked better. They actually move like real cats. Like they are so agile and dexterous out in space or on the ground or whatever. It looks like a real cat running instead of mechanical and blocky. Does it have the music? No. 
it, it's got good music, but it does not have the traditional. You still have the princess. Uh, this time yeah. around, it's explained that her father tied her life force to the lion so she can find them anywhere at any time. Uh, kind of like Cerebro, I guess. Right. The mice are back. You'll be happy to know. Cool. Um, and she has a custodian slash servant, whatever. Um, the bad news is that he's basically the talking animal of the show. You know, the, the dumb dog, the, ooh, 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 uh, which I usually hate that character, but he's voiced by Riz Darby, which makes it okay. Because <laughs> when, when Riz Darby talks, he sounds like a dumb animal anyway. So I right. totally get on board with it. I actually look forward to him, but yes, anybody out there who's a Voltron fan, you will not be disappointed. It is not crapping on your childhood. They've changed some things, but they, in my opinion, they have made it even better. And I cannot wait to get into the next episodes. Cool. I can't wait to check that out, actually. You know what show I wish they'd bring back? What Netflix would do? Mask. I knew you were going to say that. I almost just said Mask. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that as well. A more modern... I would love to see Mask. But they got to have the theme. they got to have the same theme. <laughs> No one knows what hides Track behind your masquerade. The mission. Um, seriously, your your son would probably like it too. Um, it's not too grown up for that. Yep. There's no swearing or nudity or anything like that. It's meant to be a kid show. Not. I actually yeah. had to search for it because it wasn't coming up in any of my recommendations, even though like Young oh, Justice was on there. And oh, it's been in my dude. It's been in second at launched. It's been in my recommendations because of all the stuff the kids watch. Anybody out there, if you are a Voltron fan from your childhood or if you like the idea of space lions turning into one Megazord, um, if you liked Power Rangers, you know, this was, in America at least, this was the early version of Power Rangers. I always thought of Power Rangers as being the cheap knockoff of Voltron. Oh, don't let Rude hear you say that. I know. I know, but still, that's what I thought when I was a kid. I'd love to look at the timelines he could probably tell us, but I think Power Rangers in its original form may have been out at the same time as Voltron. I think Power Rangers in the original form, Super Sendai, came out before Voltron. That's entirely possible. Because I think by the time we got Power Rangers, I think it was like season 17 of Super Sendai or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, you could ask him. He is a walking, talking, just sure is. factual dictionary of... <laughs> Power Rangers and what seasons are what and the different characters and on and on and on and on. I mean, listen to him talk about them is it's amazing. Like how much he knows that's so true. I've told him that he should do a Power Rangers podcast. <laughs> I'm deadly serious. He should definitely do a Power Rangers podcast. Yeah, I'm so. sure he'd have plenty of uh, stuff to talk about it. Oh, he would. He would. Old and new stuff all the time. So uh, I watched. I found something. I was kind of tooling around on Netflix, looking at the movies and everything. And uh, I was actually I was in the mood to watch a Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that. And uh, Netflix only has Wes Craven's New Nightmare and Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, which I like both of those. But that's all the ones they've had on there for so long, and I've seen them both so many times. And when I was world problems, <laughs> when I was scrolling through Hulu, I came across Creep Show Three. What? Yes. Come on. Yep, Creep Show Three. So I was like, well, I might as well watch this. Creep Show scared the pants off me as a kid. Well, I loved Creep Show, the, the like, Raft one. The, I was about to say uh, Creep Show Two. My favorite short was the Raft that yep. made me scared of going into the lake 
at the Birch's campground and getting on the dock. Or even, yeah, anywhere near water. Ugh. Yeah. And then in, in the first creep show, my favorite episode, my favorite, uh, skit was the, uh, one with Stephen King, the, uh, the lonesome death of Jody Verl. Yes. You know, meteor shit. <laughs> uh, but so this was not as good. <laughs> I'm shocked. Color me um, shocked. So uh, it has five short. It came out in 2007. It's 110 minutes long. It has five short stories. However, there's no host and there's no like EC style comics theme like the first two had. You know okay. what I mean? Yep. Uh, and the stories they kind of overlap a little bit. Some characters are seen in other stories, mostly as maybe like a cameo, but they do kind of link all of them together. And there's one character that appears in, in two of the episodes. Um, in the first episode, he has kind of a major role, but it's a minor major. And then in the, and then in his episode, of course, he's the main star, but essentially the five episodes are broken down like this. Alice, uh, is uh, Alice is a snotty, stuck-up girl who one day comes home, and while her father's messing around with this new remote control he bought off this professor, it somehow transports her into multiple parallel universes. And for whatever reason, by the end, she's like this hideous, boil-infested. You ever watch RoboCop, the first RoboCop no, movie? No, I have never seen the first RoboCop movie. Are you okay. kidding me? Now, I've seen the, it like a thousand times. Now, at the end, you know, <laughs> the, the guy that gets hit by the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, basically, she kind of looks like him. He's okay. been, she's been, dou- he's, she's been doused in acid or whatever, and he's walking around. Goes, um, and then there's one called the Radio, and I actually liked this one. Okay. Um, this story was the best one they had on the show, and the Radio was, uh, there's a guy named Jerry buys a radio from this homeless vendor. And this female female voice emanates from the radio and begins telling him how to run his life for the better. And he starts listening to it. And as soon as he second guesses it, you know, he he pays the price. Um, but it was actually a pretty neat story. And it was kind of, yeah. Uh, there was one called Call Girl about Rachel, who's a prostitute. And she likes to kill her clients until she meets a new client. And, this, and he has many surprises of his own up his sleeve for her. Yeah. This sounds like you're reading it from the jacket. No, I'm not. Actually, this is what I wrote. Okay. Because you're like, uh, then there's Rachel, the call girl. He yeah. has a few tricks up yeah. his own sleeve. She does. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, then one, there's one called The Professor's Wife, and this one is just ludicrous. Uh, <laughs> ludicrous good or bad? Uh, yeah. Ludicrous bad. He's dedicated his whole life to science, and suddenly he's getting married. And he invites his two top students, former top students, to come over. And apparently over the years, he's played very elaborate pranks on them. And so when they meet this girl, they think that, oh, because he says, oh, I finally made the discovery, and I've solved the issue. And they're like, oh, what does it tell us? He's like, all in good time. And then he has to leave for whatever reason. So they think that his fiance is an android. That's what he must have done. And so they decide that they're going to play a prank on him and take her apart. You lost me at a guy who's dedicated his entire life to science is getting married. Yeah, I know. And so they decided that they're going to go ahead and take her take her apart to figure out the science behind her and play a prank on him. It's a relatively smart logic. Yeah. She's not an android. Dun, dun, dun. And yet they still, like, take her apart. 
And they're just like, wow, this blood is so realistic. For oh, science. Feel that skin. It's so lifelike. <laughs> oh, I still can't find the circuits. How did he do this? And then finally they realize, wait a second. She was a male or a bride or something like that. So, And then the last part is called The Haunted Dog. And it's this really kind of like D-bag of a doctor who's forced to work at this free clinic because uh, he's court-ordered to. And he just treats everyone like crap. And he goes to buy a hot dog and he drops it on the ground. So he gives it to this homeless guy and the homeless guy dies after eating it, comes back to haunt him. That did not go the direction I expected it to. Nope. No, it didn't. So anyways, so like I said, that's pretty much it. Um, None of the stories are actually scary at all. They feature some really cheesy effects and the cast. I didn't, I I didn't recognize a single person on the cast. Okay. And I even looked up several of them just to see, like, all right, maybe I don't – maybe see what else they've been in. And a lot of them have only been in maybe one or two other things, or maybe this is the only thing they were in. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so definitely not as good as Creep Show 1 or 2. Um, if you have Hulu, watch the the radio story, and then, you know, that's about it. Okay. Second story on the show. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Didn't say everything we we're going to talk about was going to be something we loved. <laughs> I uh, I went to the movies this week and I saw oh, Now yeah. You See Me too. Now Now You See Me was a surprise hit for me. I never saw it in the theaters. I thought, oh okay. You know what? Really, I the reason I didn't want to see it was because it looked like Jesse Eisenberg was being a douche in it, and he pretty much was. But the movie I loved. Yeah, I actually liked the first one way better once I finally got around to watching it. I, it was way better than I thought it was going to be, yes, too. Yes, I loved it. Now, yeah. that being said, the second one was not as good as the first. Yeah. It was enjoyable in the sense that the best way that I can describe this is the first movie, Now You See Me, was Ocean's Eleven to this one being Ocean's Twelve. Okay, yep. yep. And yeah. Ocean's Twelve was a serviceable movie. I enjoyed some of it it did not work that well on most of the levels that the first one did. No. Well, it, it's it's the same thing like with Now You See Me. It's a great concept. It's an original concept, and it's so great. Yep. How do you, how do you top what you did? And the answer is they don't. Right. Like, they literally do the Ocean's 12 thing where they go international, so most of this takes place in Macau with some in London. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why, but for some reason um, – uh, Mark Ruffalo's character is still working at the FBI, still pretending he's the FBI agent, still um, trying to catch the horseman. Uh, they tell us that it's been like a year or two since the original caper went down and they're all in hiding. So nothing has really happened. But the movie itself, I enjoyed. I came out of it yeah. smiling. You know, I had a number of issues, as you know, I always do. But yeah. I'm, I'm not letting those overshadow like my enjoyment of the movie, Lizzie Kaplan was delightful. Lizzie Kaplan made the whole movie. Like I was sad to see Isla Fisher go until I saw Lizzie Kaplan. And I said, why did they ever have Isla Fisher in the first place? Because (laughs) Lizzie is just awesome. She's great. Um, They had some good magic in this. A lot of it was hypnotism though. They, they really, I don't know if like Woody Harrelson said, look, I demand that if I come back, I want my character's hypnotism to be the primary focus. But man, everyone was hypnotizing everybody else. And 
they introduced one new character in here that really didn't need to be introduced. Like this character was not necessary. They could have filled the role with anybody else, any random actor or actress, but for some reason they decided to go in this one route and it, it wasn't that good. But overall, will you enjoy it? Yeah. Will you enjoy it as much as the first one? No, probably not, but you'll still like it. It's still a good movie. Cool. Yeah. Cool. You got any other movies to talk about, sir? Uh, not necessarily a movie, but I just wanted to throw a quick note in here. Okay. Um, it's a video game, but bear with me, because Uncharted 4 plays out like a movie. I finished okay. that game recently, and the cinematics, the motion capture, there's one scene towards the beginning of the, uh, the movie, yeah, the game, where they're sitting on the couch eating dinner and you watch them like stab at the macaroni like three or four times in the bowl the woman as she's talking reaches up and kind of flicks her ear twice it's so realistic it's so immersive that you sometimes forget like if people were walking by and you were playing this they'd think you were watching like a, a next generation indiana jones kind of thing it's so beautiful the graphics are great the motion capture is phenomenal it really felt like a movie at times so it put me in mind when I was thinking about my movies of the week. That's all. I'll, I'll save the rest of it for my video game podcast. All right. That's cool. That still <laughs> sounds awesome. Um, so I watched a trailer. Yes. You watched it too. Yes. Netflix original series coming out June, uh, July the 15th. Yes. It's called Stranger Things. Yeah. It's eight episodes. It's set in the 80s in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And it's about a kid that vanishes. I think he was abducted by aliens. That's one of the impressions that they give. And it stars like Winona Ryder, Matthew Modine, and then David Harbour, which is one of those characters. You'd be like, who? And then you go, oh, oh, yeah, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I always call them that guy. Yes. He's, he's a that guy. <laughs> yes. It looks really really good it does like the beginning of the trailer and we'll put this up on our facebook page yes uh, tomorrow well by the time you hear this it should be up on our facebook page but um the beginning of the trailer really wasn't selling me it was kind of slow and kind of like okay you know it's another stand by me type thing yeah yep but wow it started getting twisted and dark and Oh, yeah. By the end of the trailer alone, I was very excited about this. <laughs> when the cop's like, 99 times out of 100, it's this. She's like, what about the other time? What? What? What yeah, about that the one. other time? Yeah. So it looks great. Yeah, I will watch that when it comes out. I'm absolutely going to watch it. I cannot wait. I don't know if they're going to load them all up at once or load them up once a week or whatever they're going to do, but I'm looking forward to those eight episodes. It's Netflix, so I'd imagine they're going to go all at the same time. Well, a couple of shows recently, and I can't say which ones because I, I don't recall, but they were just doing the one one a week. Mm. Or they maybe I read they talked about that. I know Hulu does that. There's yeah. a show on Hulu called Casual that the wife and I watched the first season of. They've launched the second season. New episodes go up every Tuesday. Right. I think they're three in. We haven't watched it yet. we got to get caught up first. So. Okay. Uh, most likely we'll do that this week, and I'll be talking about that next week. Yeah, I've been seeing um, good but, things about that show. Yeah, yeah, I, I like Eliza Coop was in the first season as well. Not, awesome. She was a like a reoccurring character. She mm-hmm. was really good. She was a for those of us who watch Scrubs, she was uh, she was on Scrubs the last couple seasons. She was yeah, an intern the, the and then a regular ones. Yeah, my favorite role of hers though had to be uh, Happy Endings. That show was just phenomenal. Oh, I, I, I miss that, that show. show. Oh, you missed out. What a funny, awesome show. That's when you should go back and watch if you get a chance. 
happy endings. Well, I'll see if it's anywhere out there. And then uh, I want to talk about a trailer of a, a movie documentary that comes out. Um, it almost looks like you can get it on Voodoo already, but the website it says it comes out Friday, June 24th, which is my birthday. And it's called Man vs. Snake, the long and twisted tale of Nibbler. <laughs> and I've never heard of the game Nibbler. I don't remember it. I, maybe I remember it, but I don't. I, I don't. I'm not popping back. You know, it's old school. It was yes. the precursor to Snake, the game that you can play on your phones. Yes, this looks amazing. Like I am just right in love with it after watching the trailer. Now, let me qualify that by saying I think it looks amazing in a weird, twisted, horrible way. Yes. Oh, it looks just basically this is what it's about. It's about a guy named Tim McVeigh. No, wait, not McVeigh, because that's the guy from <laughs> Oklahoma. Um, but his name is spelled M C V E Y. The Unabomber and his obsession with the video game. Yeah. Serious, but it's about a guy named. It's his name is. It looks like it's pronounced Tim McVeigh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, who in 1983 set a world record of scoring one billion points on Nibbler, and 25 years later. He's going to go for it again when a challenger comes forward out of Canada by the name of Dwayne Richard, who also has a bunch of – I think you have to realize what happened with this movie was if you go on their website and you read the about this movie, this actually started and was filmed in like 2008, 2009, and it's just now coming out this year. Um, Two guys who uh, were working on – two producers of Battlestar Galactica when that series was out on sci-fi. They actually, um, they were they were talking about old video games, and somehow one of them got on a, an article about Tim and the record he set back in, in the in the 80s, and so they decided that oh they're going to go find this guy and they're going to do a short documentary on him, and it was just in their downtime doing Battlestar, they were playing video games with each other and talking about this stuff and everything, so they went and interviewed him, and like I said, they were going to make like a 10. 15 minute documentary about this, just a short, you know what I mean, to present who this guy was in this game because they found it fascinating. Well, then Tim called up and said, "Hey, I, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it again," and they're like, "Really?" And then all of a sudden, this little short turned into this feature length documentary that just looks amazing. And um, yeah, so I recommend going to the website Man vs Snake. It looks like some of it was actual footage, some of it they did animated. Which I found interesting. Yes, there's, there's, they did some animated footage about different things that looked pretty cool. Yeah, like yeah. flashbacks and stuff. Because yes, you know it's yes. important to the say flashbacks that when, were done animated wise. Yes. When he set this record, it was on an arcade machine. You know, and the challenge yeah. will also be on an arcade machine. This isn't yes. on a home console or a port or anything. Nope, no. But like, but to do the one billion points, the guy literally played the game for almost two straight days. Yeah, he stood there and played it nonstop, which is insane. And now this guy is, you know, a 400-pound man or whatever it is. So part of the part of the documentary is about him trying to get back in shape just so he can stand there for two days. Right. Yeah, because so I can't picture, play a video game. Yeah. I can't picture him at this point being able to stand there for two hours. Yeah, yeah. And the, really this documentary really reminded me of um, The King of Kong, yep. A Fistful of Quarters. Which it's not on Netflix and it's not on Hulu right now. You can buy it on Amazon on demand. You can buy it on YouTube on demand. It's two ninety nine uh, to buy it through YouTube to watch it. I, I I have the DVD, and this is and that documentary is about uh, the Donkey Kong arcade game, 
and a guy named Billy Mitchell who had set the world record and his challenger, Steve, uh, Steve Weeb. And uh, this was actually a documentary that led uh, John and I to go on a fun spot over in New Hampshire. Yep. So we found out about it, the world's largest coin-operated arcade game. And King of the Kong came out in 2007, which is funny that this came out in 2007, and these guys started filming this other one like a year later, but it took, you know, seven years for it to come out eventually. Right, right. Um, so if you can watch King of the Kong, you should definitely watch it. It's awesome. It's just a really weird story. Billy Mitchell is a character uh, within himself. And, um, you know, actually, I listened to a couple of podcasts of different people and read some stuff online that the producers of King of the Kong really showed Billy in a really negative light. That even Steve came forward after it came out and said he really wasn't that big of a jerk as he was portrayed in the documentary. But still, um, watch him, watch King of the Kong, Fistful of Quarters. And then when June 24th, when Man vs. Snake, the long and twisted tale of Nibble comes out, watch that too. Because I plan on it. <laughs> it looks great. <laughs> That's my pick of the week. <laughs> I watched, uh, they released a second trailer for Yoga Hosers this week. Yeah. Little yeah. more in depth, a uh, little more look at the girls destroying the Bratsies. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, this is Kevin Smith's second movie of the Great White North trilogy. I'm looking uh, forward to Moose Jaws, really. Tusk was the first one. Did you um, watch Tusk? I did not. I found it horrendously disturbing. Yeah, most people did. Most people did not like it. Kevin Smith fully admits that. He admits that his career has gone off the rails. But now he's trying to do things like the, his Flash episode was phenomenal. Uh, he's yeah. been invited back for that. He's been invited back for a two-part episode on Arrow. Yeah. And he's trying to get in on uh, an episode of Daredevil and possibly the Defenders. Yeah, but the thing is about Tusk, what she talked about is Tusk is what led him to getting the financing so he could do Clerks 3, Mallrats 2, and then the other two, Great White North of the trilogy. Which we haven't heard anything about yet. Right. Uh, the well, Mallrats 2 and Clerks 3. I, le- I thought they allegedly filmed Clerks 2, Mallrats yeah. 2. Yeah, but I haven't heard anything since then. You'd yeah. think that that's something that they would have... I you mean, like think. I've heard that they have finished principal photography on uh, episode 8 right now. Yeah. Of Star Wars, and yep. I haven't heard anything from Kevin Smith. Yeah. But the, the trailer was cute. This is the second one. It stars his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter, Lily Rose Depp. And they're two yoga enthusiasts from Canada who work at a convenience store. And they even have the line in there, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Throwback yep. to clerks. Yep. Um, and their store is beset by Bratzies, which are Nazis made of bratwurst. Well, you know, but the thing is, this movie was filmed like two years ago. Yeah. And it just went to what, Sundance this year. It's taken so long. It's Kevin Smith. Yeah. He takes a long time with a lot of stuff, I think. I think he's got too many podcast things going on. He's derailing himself. Podcasts and directorial stuff. and Yeah. Too much Mary J. Wanna. <laughs> oh, you and your Mary J. Wanna. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's a new trailer or not, but I saw another commercial for Jason Bourne. Yep. That looks great. It does. That just looks great. It does. I'm, I'm excited for that one when it comes out. Next month, yeah. Yep. So, uh, little fun news on the uh, TV front. Yeah. We found out recently that Superman will be on Supergirl. 
Oh, really? I hadn't read that. I hadn't yes. heard that. They, they guaranteed he will be there for the first two episodes, and it will not be like they have in the past where he's shadowy or, you know, some, uh, like, just flying by in the sky. They're actually going to cast an actor. And, of course... Okay, the, I was just going to ask, is it going to be Henry Cavill? No, no, it won't be Henry Cavill. Um, they're still holding tight to keeping the movies and the TV separate, but a lot of fans want Tom Willing. I can oh. understand that, but he won't do it, of course. You know, oh. he's been out of the game so long. If he could, that'd be phenomenal. I don't know. I mean, maybe they could. They would. That would be all. If they could tempt him to come back. Yep. That my, would be pretty cool. My guess is, though, with the lower budget and everything, they're probably going to go with some relative unknown. I can't imagine Tom Welling would demand that much of a salary. <laughs> I don't know. We could ask Dean Kane. He's in a similar situation. Okay. He's been on the show. <laughs> um. But, yeah, so Superman will be there for at least two episodes this season, the first two episodes. Um, yeah. We're also going to see Lena Luthor, Lex's yes, sister. That I, that I had heard about, yep. And a few other comic book villains. Yep. I hadn't so, heard the Superman one. Yep. I'm pretty excited about that. Cool, yeah, that is exciting. Yeah. Uh, good. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of good it's going to that show moving to CW. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, we were worried at first because they said, you know, oh, it's going to be less budget, it's going to be this, yep. that. And, uh... Yeah, they're holding true and trying to make it better, I guess. Cool. Fantastic. That is fantastic. I agree. Yeah. So, well, that sums it up for me this week. You got anything else? I'm looking at my list here. No. Like I said, Voltron, you know. Yeah. Uh, that'd that's be my pick of the week for all the shows that I've watched. I mean, Outcast is great. Preacher's still awesome. You know, Person of Interest, we'll talk about that till the cows come home, but Voltron was the one that surprised me the most because I was expecting nice. to be disappointed, and it was nice. Great. I think that's why I've been so hesitant to pull the trigger on watching that first episode too. Yeah, because you don't but want to that, destroy your childhood. Yeah, but now that I've I've heard such good things from you about it, then I'll, I'm definitely anxious to check it out. Excellent. Cool. All right. Well, I guess uh, thanks for listening once again this week. Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, one thing. I'm sorry. Okay. That's all right. Sign off. False start um, on the sign off. Nope. Uh, we had gotten a message from one of our listeners, uh, Martin. He's actually in charge of this whole thing, so he's the boss. We kind of got to do what he says. Yeah. Um, but he basically asked about Wayward Pines this season. Oh, that's right. And, and I, I have not watched it at all, right. first season or second season. Or I watched the first season, and it, it kind of confused me, and it kind of upset me, um, the direction that it went in. I've talked to a friend who read the book, yeah. and she was telling me all the differences between the book and the show. And we yeah. compared notes because she loved the book, and I hated the show the first season. So huh. we compared notes, and we came to a consensus that, yes, the book sounds great. The show derailed, and I think that's because of M. Night Shyamalan. I don't know that he's attached to the second season. I've heard that the second season is a lot different, but – it put such a bitter taste in my mouth at the end of the first season that I was just I was thankful for it to be gone. Well, you know, it's my buddy my buddy Rude, you're familiar. Yes. He uh I think he liked the first season. Okay. But he hates the fact they did a second season because it was always hyped as being a uh, short run like miniseries yes. event or limited series yep. and all of a sudden they're doing a season two well they shouldn't be doing a season two so on principle alone he hates the second season <laughs> see I won't go that far you know I I, I understand what yeah. he's saying but I yeah. couldn't get behind it like that like <laughs> um, I I definitely did not like the first season and I was happy that it was gone I was happy that it was a limited event I too said the same thing like wait a minute this was supposed to be a limited time event and yeah. Now we've got this, but my dislike of it went back to season one. So if it's well, different now that much, then great. You know, congratulations to them. Maybe taking M. Night off of it helped. 
Well, M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong really hasn't done anything good since uh, Sixth Sense and then Unbreakable. After Thank that, you. everything went downhill. I was afraid you were going to leave Unbreakable out of there. No, Unbreakable was excellent. <laughs> it was. But then everything after that was just garbage. And yep. there was no big, like, every big twist wasn't a big twist. I mean, remember we went and saw, what was that stupid one called? That we went to the theater. The Village. Saw. The Village, yes. <laughs> Which the concept sounded amazing. And, and then, then we're sitting there, and like the opening <laughs> credits aren't even done, and you just lean over to me. We're at the theater. He leans over and goes, "It takes place nowadays, and they're in like their own private sect." And then he sits back up, and I'm sitting there. I look at him, and I go, "Like I mouth f you." Yeah, yeah. Because like, I'm like, "That's ridiculous. Yeah. There's no way that could be." No, no. It was because you're right. I hate <laughs> you now. Now I'm stuck watching this movie, and I'm waiting for it, waiting for it. And sure enough, at the end, boom! Oh, there's a security guard and a security guard shed. <laughs> What a surprise! What yeah, a twist! So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like the happening. When what, oh, the bad thing is the wind, and then the wind stops, and everything's okay. Right. But then it starts up again in England. Whatever. I don't. Know. You're trying too hard, Shyamalan. Time yes. trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah. You lost us after the sixth sense. You you did okay with Unbreakable, but even that didn't have a big twist. I, I still can't fathom. People keep giving him money. I know. To make stuff just on the chance that he makes something as good as The Sixth Sense again. Yeah, there are a number of directors like that. Yui Bowl is like that. Yui yes. Bowl has destroyed every movie he's ever made, and yet people still keep giving him money. He yeah. finally had a meltdown. The last time he said he was going to do a movie, he had a meltdown yeah. on Twitter and yeah. flipped out and called people names, and he finally stopped. Yeah. I just – I don't understand why people keep giving these people money when they can't – when they're not producing. Right. Give us money. I'll yeah. write a story for you. I'll, I, I wrote a story that was amazing. I'll write a damn good screenplay, and you give me that money. <laughs> All right. Well, let's try this sign-off. Yes. Yes, after the false After flag. the false start. So, yeah. restart. All right. So, hey, thanks for watching episode number 14 of What Did You Watch This Week? Number 14. Um, a Baker's 14. Dozen. No, that's – no, it's Baker's Dozen plus one. Right. <laughs> uh, my name's Mike. You can find me on the Twitter at uh, at Superstar Mel. Uh, my name's John. You can find me at the Twitter at the Quantum Geek. That's G three three K. And uh, the 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 show's got its own little Twitter account. It's uh, at What Did You Watch? And now we were, we we have a Facebook presence. Yes, where it's we Facebook dot com slash What Did You Watch This Week? That where that way we can put up things like the trailers that we talk about and any fun links. Like maybe I'll put up that Superman on Supergirl story for you. I think you should. I think you should. Yep. But yeah. So you can check that out. Give us a like. Uh, you can leave a comment there. Maybe it'll be easier to leave us comments there than on Twitter because you're not as restricted to characters. Right. But uh, yeah, feel free to leave us a comment, question, concern, whatever, suggestion if you think we should watch something. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So we'll talk to you uh, next week. Peace out, y'all.